Some time ago, I was pushing a cheese cart at a Michelin-starred restaurant in Manhattan. This had cheeses from all over the world. The world of cheese was kind of new to me, but I had this whole splendiferous array of cheeses before me. And one cheese caught my attention. And that cheese was an aged Gouda. And I took a nibble of it. I could kind of feel my pupils dilating a little bit. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the color. Maybe it was the crystals that were uh, emerging from it. Maybe it was the fact that anytime a customer had it, they lit up and it triggered something in me. Then I started buying aged Gouda for myself for my own personal consumption. Then I started sharing it with my friends. And across the board, it was determined that aged Gouda rules. So now aged Gouda is in my repertoire. My life, I believe, is better because of it. But it made me wonder, why? Why is aged Gouda so gosh darn good? Welcome to Warner's World of Wonders. Today, we are going to answer that very question and find out why exactly your life would be better if you had aged Gouda in it. The first mention of aged Gouda dates back to 1184, which makes it one of the oldest cheeses still made today. And it is one of the most popular cheeses globally. According to cheese.com, it accounts for nearly 50 to 60% of cheese consumption, and more than 50% of the cheese produced in the Netherlands is indeed Gouda. Of course, Gouda was named after the city of Gouda, which is not pronounced Gouda in the Netherlands. It is pronounced Houda. You can remember it by saying, how do you do? As a chef, I'm uh, required to disseminate the uh, information in terms of its culinary purposes, you're probably all familiar with young Gouda. Uh, young Gouda is the kind of thing you find at a normal old deli case. You might see it sliced. Then there is smoked Gouda. Smoked Gouda, of course, is young Gouda that has, you guessed it, been cold smoked so the cheese itself does not melt. Smokiness and the uh, mild, creamy flavor of a young Gouda go hand in hand, and people really seem to love that. But something miraculous happens to Gouda when it is aged. We could be cliche and say it's like a, a fine wine or a podcast post. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We get better with age. I would say that it is best as like a frico. Aged Gouda does not have a lot of water content in it, not a lot of moisture. So it's not going to make a uh, ooey gooey melty cheese. Of course, you could ping me on Twitter or Instagram and we could talk about it uh, if you have some. I think aged Gouda is one of those things that the more you mess with it, uh, the worse it gets. It is perfect in its natural state. I think just a little bite and a uh, tasty beverage is the way to go. So I have a great deal of experience with aged Gouda. I love it. It's in my repertoire. I consider it to be one of my cheese besties. I think that my life is better because of aged Gouda. But what does the average person think of aged Gouda? So I thought, you know what? Let's do a little virtual man on the street. And by street, I mean Twitter. Uh, we reached out on Twitter, and I found some people that uh, also share my opinion for aged Gouda, and we're going to speak to them. That's right. We got calls, and they're calling in. But before we get to that, a brief word from our sponsors. What's up, food fans? Curdbox is the monthly cheese and pairing experience delivered straight to your door. That's right. You don't even have to leave your house if you want to support small-scale producers all over the globe. Each month, you get a new and unique theme with an edible story. It's a curation of three artisan cheeses and three pairings. All you got to do is throw it on a board, and it looks amazing, and you look smart and brilliant, and you look like a real bon vivant, if I must say. So what are these themes, you're asking? How about red, wine, and blue? What about the New Englander? 
That was a collab with my friend, Michelle Regassis. What up? Season eight, Food Network star. Y'all remember. How about California Dreaming? That sounds amazing. Or what about Sugar Mama? All women producers in a sweets themed box. So here's some magic. You could order one of these for yourself, one of them for your friends. And now you've got a little cheese party wherever you are. And listen, there's no hassle here. You can cancel or skip a box whenever you want. It ships to the 48 contiguous United States and you can sign up at curdbox.com. This meeting is being recorded. All right. Now on the line, we've got Ashley. Ashley, where are you calling from and what do you do? I am calling from the wonderful New York City. And I am a librarian. Does be, I don't know, for some reason, being a librarian and eating aged Gouda just seems like it works to me, but I have some like synesthesia sometimes. <laughs> but like, is cheese part of your life? I don't know what where I'm confusing my like metaphors or something here where like I think about like bookworms or like quiet as a mouse maybe and maybe that's where I'm getting this from. Can you can you just elaborate what I might be thinking? As much as I would like to be a mind reader, I am still working on it. However, I am following that train of thought that you've got going on. Okay, great. Um, Ashley, we're here to talk about aged Gouda. I've got a big uh, brick of aged Gouda in front of me. Uh, It's delicious. I've been snacking on it. Uh, I'm enjoying a uh, cola beverage. I could tell you what kind of cola beverage, but they didn't pay to be on this podcast. Um, But we're not paying you, so we won't waste any time. Why is it that you love this cheese? As someone who is a food enthusiast, there's a lot of great things about aged Gouda, particularly the fact that it's got kind of a weird texture that you're not really expecting. And it's a nice surprise when you're pairing it with other really strange things or normal things if you're not made. I see, I see. Well, can you give me an example? Sure, if you're ever in the, am I allowed to swear? I won't swear if I'm not allowed to swear. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ever in the mood for a really f***ed up but delicious sandwich, whole grain bread or multigrain, aged gouda or brazola, and sliced apples. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Any sort of condiment action going on there? Condiment action is fancy butter. The fanciest butter in your fridge, use it. Ooh, I love this. That sounds like a, an absolutely uh, delicious sandwich. And the thing that I like about this is that you've got a bunch of flavors with a, a bunch of ingredients, I should say, with very concentrated flavors, but I can see how they would all kind of meld together. Apple and aged Gouda is like BFFs. They really are. That like, there's two different kind of crunchiness happening. It's not the same crunchiness. You got the tart, you've got the cheesy, you've got that like smoked, fermented kind of feeling going on. It really works. Ooh, I love it. and. It, People will soon come to learn that I'm a huge fan of textural juxtaposition. And what I like is that you've got two similar textures of crunchiness, kind of the the crunch of the cheese, the, the like crunch slash melt of the cheese, but then also that vegetal crunch, even though it's a fruit uh, of the apple. And so I love that within the same world of crunch, you've got two different sort of crunchy, crumbly, uh, somewhat granular textures. And I, I, I got to say, I applaud that. You know, if if you love food, you know, you know, when you got weird stuff in the fridge, you just got to put it together and hope for the best. And this was definitely one of the best. Is there anything else you'd like to say about aged Gouda? I've been thinking a lot about things to do with it that have to preserve the texture rather than me just messing around in the kitchen, which is all great and good. So what do you have that 
I would be brave enough to try because I'll try anything. Well, if you were to get a uh, fine rasp grater and uh, a ring mold, now anything can really uh, be a ring mold, but you could even uh, take a, a deli container, cut out any shape from the lid, uh, and then you grate um, the aged Gouda on there uh, or into that mold. And then you were to put it on, say, uh, a piece of parchment in a very low oven, like maybe 225. Oh, bro, we make it Fricos? Yes, yes, little Frico chips. And then if you pull them off while they're hot and drape them over something, you can make little tiny cheese taco shells. Oh. I mean, I respect anyone whose first thought is, yes, let's make a Frico taco shell. I'm with it. Now on the line, we've got Day. Before we dive into our mutual admiration of this fine cheese before me, and I'm sorry that I didn't get to send you any, what is it that you do and where are you located? So I work in a pharmacist. I work in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. I love it. Let's cut to the chase. Why does this thing rule? First off, I love its versatility. I use it, I think it works for everything. Like I use it for like au gratin. I use it for sandwiches. I use it in salads. Like I don't think there's anything that it'd be bad in. Does that make sense? It looks like you're you're bringing this cheese to the party to to augment, to add some oomph, to add some wow, to add some zao. When I hear you saying you're using it as a gratin, you're also relying on the fact that it has a low moisture content, which is going to melt into like a crispy, frico-like sort of cheesy crust that, you know, we expect with gratin. I like your thinking here, and I like um, that part of your enthusiasm for this cheese is its versatility. I guess what I want to know is how did you discover it and how did you discover said versatility? Oh yeah, so my first experience it was actually in Amsterdam. So like I was just walking around town and I'm gonna be honest, I was a very um, not into cheese. I was put off by cheese for a long time. It just kind of grossed me out. Um, and then I'm walking past this store, it was called the Amsterdam Cheese Company. And all I see is these enormous wheels of cheese. And I was just so enamored. I was like, holy cow, like what's going on in here? Literally. So I walk in and um, they start, you know, pitching me their sales pitch. They were trying to sell me like a giant wheel. And I was like, oh no, no. Like I literally don't even, I don't know. I don't even know what this tastes like. I don't like cheese. So they brought out a, um, a charcuterie board for me. They had me try out a bunch of different um, cheeses and meats with it. Anyway, the aged Gouda, that was my absolute favorite one. That was the only one I wanted, and I ended up coming home with like a wheel to take home with me. Now calling in, uh, we have Leah. Leah, um, who are you? What do you do? And where are you calling from? I am Leah. I am a preschool teacher calling from Annapolis, Maryland. <laughs> This is Camille, this is my Gouda-loving girl. She, when I come home from the grocery store with Gouda, has just grabbed it right out of the bag, tried to bite through the plastic, bite through the wax, and, and get to it. Really, what do you think it is about Gouda that, uh, that Camille loves so much? You know, I think that it's the texture. It's such a good mix between the hard and the soft. Um, what inspired you to make the original aged Gouda purchase? You know, it's one of those things that I normally do buy when it's on, you know, for like a, for a board, I'll be like, oh, Gouda's always good. And I think that for me, it's always just been such a winner. I'm like, this is such a mild flavor, but has enough like nuttiness. And it's a little bit different than your regular, like, you know, Parmesans and Prevolones and 
mozzarella. So you're like, oh, it looks nice. It's a great color uh, to add to a board. And then honestly, now we've just bought it ever since. I see. And so you speak about boards rather casually. So it sounds like cheese boards are, are a regular, normal thing in your life. They do. They tend to be. I often have a lot of um, mismatched things in my fridge. So I'm like, what can I throw together? I have some crackers, apples. Gouda is a staple in my fridge. So it's pretty easy just to, to throw something together that looks pretty good. I see. So would you say it's safe to say that if a, if a one-year-old loves aged Gouda, then chances are you might too. 100%. I would say if a one-year-old loves it, I think you're in pretty good shape. Uh, Todd, uh, who are you? Where are you? Where are you calling from? And what's up with aged Gouda? You don't have to answer that all at once. Okay, well, my name is Todd Scott. Um, I live in uh, Lansing, Michigan. My profession is a graphic designer. I like aged Gouda quite a bit, and I like cheese a lot in general. I think the reason I am here is because my wife actually um, went to Aldi, and they periodically will just have uh, imported cheese that's really good. And they had an aged Gouda. She bought it. We were wowed by it. I think for me, one of the things that I love about aged Gouda is that it's it's like right on the line of can anyone enjoy it right off the bat? Like if I put it on a, a big box store uh, cheese sampler, you know, right next to the the Swiss that no one wants and the pepper jack that everyone wants, people would still eat it and not be like, oh, what is this crazy wild thing? But that's it. It's just like a cut above. It, 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 it has more taste, more oomph, more enthusiasm, but it's not so out there that you can't wrap your mind around it. It's, it's buttery. It's got some caramel notes to it. It's got some little crystalline action going on, like a good parm or a good aged cheddar. It's got, hits a lot of notes. None of them are necessarily a home run, but it's just, they all play together and it's, it's, it's just a really nice cheese. Well said. So you had mentioned crystalline action. It seems as though you're a fan of aged cheeses because when cheese is aged, that's when you get that crystalline action. Yep. Do you find that the crystalline action that you were talking about is, it enhances your experience? Because to me, when I see it, and when, now that I'm initiated and I know about calcium lactate cheese crystals, I get pumped. And when I feel one crunch in my mouth, you know, to me, it's like, now, this is why I'm living. I love this. So are you a fan of this crystalline action? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's like a, a tiny flavor explosion. Plus, now you're, now you're getting texture that you don't normally get in the cheese as well. You know, you don't expect it. And But now, yeah, I look for it. I, I want it. I mean, I've had some, some very uh, well-aged cheddars that were the same way. And it's just, it's, it's really enjoyable. It's, just, it's part of the cheese experience. I dig it. Speaking of experience, um, this aged Gouda that I have in front of me uh, was aged 26 months, and I imagine it under uh, underwent quite a transformation. Um, have you waited two years for anything? Probably a barley wine I made once. <laughs> Todd, you sound like you're, uh, you've really got the bon vivant thing on lock, and that's uh, what this podcast is all about. Just kind of exposing people that might not be, uh, you know, initiated into the world of what is good. How far would you say one should drive uh, if they know that they can find aged Gouda somewhere? How long of a drive would you make, Todd? Well, let me put it this way. Ann Arbor, for me, is about an hour and 10 minute drive. And I've done that on a regular basis. <laughs> so 
I'll drive an hour, hour and a half for cheese. And maybe further if there's other things involved. I mean, if there's a good scotch somewhere up the end of the trail, so be it. Well, there you have it. Normal people, at least they think they're normal, think that aged Gouda rocks. It's simple yet complex. It's something that you could have in a meal or even just paired with a nice drink. It's something that's worth driving over an hour for. It's something that has made people's lives better. But that's just opinion, right? I think I need to speak with an expert. But before we dive into it with the expert, welcome to Justin's Jargon. So, Justin's Jargon, I'm going to ask some questions so that we can learn uh, about some of the terminology that might be used so that we uh, can talk better about this subject and become more of an expert ourselves. But first, a brief message from the people that made this podcast happen. All right, so check it. Curdbox is this monthly cheese and pairing experience that comes delivered straight to your door. Each month, you get a new and unique theme with an edible story of sorts, right? It's a curated selection of three artisan cheeses and three things that pair with it. You can check out the Curdcast. It's a podcast with Jen Mason. Jen's kind of like the big cheese of Curdbox. I'm sorry I had to do it. Anyway, Jen's going to give you a guided tasting through the whole box. That way, when you decide to eat it, you can just kind of regurgitate the things that Jen said and sound amazing. Make sure you sign up at curdbox.com. Welcome back. And with that, it is time to play Justin's Jargon. Here we have an expert. Before we introduce the expert, we're going to learn some terminology so that we can understand the expert. Jen, what is affinage? Affinage is really just a fancy French word for babysitting cheese. It is simply making sure that the wheels in your care um, are at the right temperature and are in are happy and smell good, taste good, and making sure you know when the right time is to send them off into the world. Jen, what is rennet? Rennet is the secret ingredient that turns milk into a solid and to cheese. It usually comes from an animal. Um, it comes from a ruminant stomach. A ruminant is a fancy name for an animal that has multi-chambers in its stomach. And it separates the whey, which is sort of the cloudy liquid, um, from the curd. And that's the start of cheese. When you say that we've got some salty crystals in a cheese, what, what exactly does that mean? So in cheese that's aged, it's usually never seen in a young cheese. You'd never see it in a fresh chef, um, a fresh goat cheese. But it's um, you'll get these little air pockets, these little eyes are what they're called in um, a wheel of cheese, and they will get tyrosine crystals. It's really protein that um, as, as you're losing moisture from your cheese, the little protein is getting together and having little parties. And, and that's what makes those, makes those little crunchy crystals that everybody loves. Why does everybody love those crunchy crystals? You know, um, I think that we are all a little addicted to salt and salty things and salty snacks. And so it's this little surprise, little treat for eating something that tastes really good. I think just the same reason we add salt or a squirt of lemon at the end of a dish. It's the thing that just makes the flavor pop just, just a little bit more. How do you feel about rinds? What is like general advice that you give to people about rinds? What to do with rinds is the best question. So if it's something you wouldn't normally eat, like wax or paper, 
for fabric, which are all things we put on two cheeses to protect them, then I wouldn't eat them when they're on cheese either. But when you're eating a cheese that's not like that, um, I I think it it is worthwhile at least taking a bite of it with the rind because most likely the cheesemaker, when they put together this cheese, when they decided how long to age it and what to do with it and how to turn it and how to babysit it, they thought about that whole flavor. Now, it's totally okay if you don't like the rind. It's totally okay. There is no rind shaming, but um, it's nice if you try it at least to see what the original intent was of the cheesemaker. How do you feel about annatto? Um, annatto is fantastic because I think we eat with our eyes. And annatto is is the coloring, the natural coloring that we add to cheese to make it orange. Some aged Gouda is actually like a dark yellow, and that's usually because there's not annatto added to it. It's just from the aging, it gets condensed and, um, and, and it's dark and it has to do with the beta carotene that was in the milk that the cow, the, the grass that the cow ate, stuff like that. But a real orange cheese is there because we've, we've We've changed it. So an orange cheddar and a white cheddar that were made the exact same way will taste with your eyes closed exactly the same. But we do eat with our eyes. And if you look at my cheese case, 90% of my cheeses are white. So it's nice to have a little shot of orange there once in a while. I like it in a Shropshire, which is a blue cheese, um, like Stilton, but they just put orange in it. All of a sudden it's a fancy cheese and perfect on a Halloween cheese board for that reason. So it's fun, it's fun to play with things. Before we start expounding on um, tonight's subject matter, let's expound on you because it's cool when I can say, yeah, I've got a cheese expert in my Rolodex. Yeah, I built a whole shop around it. Yeah, they sell this incredible thing called Curd Box that's totally curated that makes your life so much easier and better and makes you look cooler all in one go. But how, how does one, you know, how did you get where you are? Like about 50% of the people in cheese, uh, I got here by not coming from cheese. Nobody handed me down a farm or, you know, two dozen cows. I, I'm a storyteller. I, I've been an artist. Uh, I have been a magazine editor. I've written six books. One day I just sort of fell into the idea of the cheese world. And I knew that there weren't a lot of people doing this other stuff in the cheese world. So I knew I could do something that nobody else had done by adding my crazy list of skills, which don't easily point towards another career, but I've been having a lot of fun in cheese. I especially like taking cheese, um, putting it in the language of the customers and making it really friendly. We did a lot of research before we opened the store and found out that people had this like beautifully, when you said, oh, there's a new cheese store coming in town or something like that to them, they got like really happy. And then when you asked them about their experience at the last time they were at a cheese store or at a cheese counter and it was stinky, smelly, intimidating, it was negative. And so they have this beautiful picture, but they have this horrible experience and we wanted to fix that. So we built a store with that in mind. We make sure we have music playing. So if you're the only person in the store, it's not awkward. There's a table in the back. So you know, we want you to stay. It's not a little tiny store. Um, where you feel like you have to get in and out and stay out of other people's way. We want you to taste cheese. We are offering you cheese. We're sad if you leave without eating any cheese. I love it. Cheese is a little scary and a little mysterious uh, if you're not initiated. Um, one of the, the factoids that has always kind of freaked me out is that it takes like something like 10 pounds of milk to make one pound of cheese. But then my mind wants to know, well, how much grass did an animal have to eat to create that 10 pounds of milk? And then so like what? Is like one acre of terroir being 
you know, reduced down to a single morsel of cheese and then, oh my God, you know, and then I, I start thinking about my myself and my relationship to the cosmos and I haven't even tried the damn cheese yet. Yes, exactly. Well, um, we got the, or I got the um, opportunity to go to a lovely farm in uh, Vermont called Jasper Hill Farm and got to work in their cheese cave. And I got to, so uh, if people don't know this, blue cheese does not turn blue until you poke it. You have to poke it so the air can get in and turn the cultures and and turn blue. So if you've ever seen at a cheese store, a, a wheel cut in half, you'll see like little lines and those are poking. And sometimes there's a machine that does it, but at Jasper Hill, it's like 10 pokes down, turn the wheel half an inch, 10 pokes down. And I have poked um, probably 20 of their wheels. And as I sat there poking this with one, it was like an ice pick, one ice pick at a time, I thought, why don't we pay $300 a pound for this cheese? It's one of the most beautiful blue cheeses on the planet. And it is not, it, it's just like, it's mind blowing how much effort. And I'll, all I had to do was make air holes in it. I love it. Well, let's learn about today's subject, uh, which is this cheese. Look at that. Look at the little crystalline cave in there. I love it. I'm very excited about it. So uh, 26 months aged on this. Now, you're a cheese nerd. I'm an enthusiast. Um, there comes a time in one's life. I don't remember where it was for me. But I said, oh, yeah, Gouda. And then someone said, ah, ah, ah. It's... Howda. Howda. <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to know that? Nobody told me that. We pronounce things with a hard G here in the United States. Yeah. We have a sign in our store that says that uh, no matter how you pronounce it, it's all Gouda. Well, so how do you... I mean, what's your preference? We are prepared to do either at our store. We're in Boston and we get people from all over. So I have plenty of Dutch um, customers. So they come in and we know and my mongers just fall right into saying it. I don't, I regularly say Gouda because that's what most of my customers say. I actually just got back from Holland and I have a piece of aged Gouda in my fridge that I brought back with me uh, from last week. And, you know, there I did not order Gouda. Um, I did not have them slice any Gouda for me um, because... I wanted them to give me a nice piece. I see. Well, so yeah, I think when I'm talking to cheese people, I say how to. But when I'm like trying to get my point across, I say Gouda. So it's like when and how to say how to. That's fair. Uh, every cheese person will know what you're talking about. And every lay person should know as well. Well, let's talk about how you feel about this cheese. Aged Gouda, aged how to. So it's one of our best sellers in our shop because it's the easiest um, one to sell because the minute you taste it, um, and a lot of people haven't tasted it. We get a lot of people who come in and look for smoked Gouda or um, the inappropriately pronounced Manchango, which is really Manchego. When somebody does ask for that, we do know what level they're at and we know it's the appropriate time to let them taste cheese and try to give them some um, some good um, education on those. But it's a beautiful cheese. We put it on almost every platter that goes out of our store. It's on the spectrum affordable, for especially for its impact. And what I love best about it, you have your piece there, is give it a smell. It is, it's usually butterscotchy, a little caramel, sometimes nutty. It depends how old and where it is and who's making it. But for me and for when I've done classes with it, it, it plays with the olfactory bulb, which goes to your amygdala and your hippocampus, which is where we store both smell information and memories. And to me, that is, um, that's a happy smell. It's not scary. There's no funk in that. It's just like everybody can love this cheese, which 
just as a cheese, as a cheese seller, we want people to love cheese. And the next best thing is when we start pairing it with things. And what I love best, because pairing is my is my passion, is that it pairs with really weird things you wouldn't think immediately to pair with cheese. Well, I love that. Um, and I think that that's so special. And so I think, yeah, thing one that that makes this cheese remarkable is that it triggers just on smell alone. And I also want to talk about the visual. Just visually, this doesn't look too threatening. You know, this doesn't have a lot of scary stuff going on. You might see some of that crystal formation and be like, oh, what is that? But in general, Americans love this uh, this sort of orangey, annatto-induced color. Um, why do you think that is? It's one of the visions we picture. So if you have some child draw a picture, they might not have even had a piece of Swiss cheese or a piece of Gouda, but those are kind of the two shapes that people end up drawing, even though we eat a lot more mozzarella. Nobody's drawing mozzarella balls when you ask them to draw a piece of cheese. So there's like a visual um, reminder of that. When we get fancy at not too fancy burger bars, you know, they'll throw Gouda on the burger. So the word isn't that scary. The the vision isn't that scary. You don't open it up and it smells like feet. We have cheeses that smell like that. It doesn't have any of the things you want to like repel from, I think. Right. I I think that's one reason that it's so special. And then you go in for a taste and it's it's like everything you want out of cheese, didn't know you wanted out of cheese, didn't know that you were missing maybe in your life and you feel better about it. And you feel like instantly, I remember the first time I had it, I was like, I feel smarter because I know more about the world around me. And I, I might, if I was being a snob, I might look at this and say, well, how could that possibly be like absolute weaponized deliciousness? But that's the thing. I've never met a single person who, after having it, isn't like, you know what? That's the bomb. My mother-in-law here in South Dakota, she would love this cheese. Everybody that I've ever met has enjoyed this. But I also feel like there are a ton of people out there who just haven't been exposed to it. And that's a damn shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. And then beyond that, there are so many different types. Like having a tasting where you just, like, if you have a cheese store or a cheese aisle next to you and you go ask the cheese person or the cheesemonger, wherever you are, for their aged Gouda and and get if they have three different kinds, get three different kinds and then go home, pour a nice glass of anything you like because it goes well with so much stuff and see how different they can be. Like You'll be like, oh, this is so butterscotch until you taste the next one. You're like, that wasn't butterscotch at all. That was caramel. Like, it'll blow your mind. We've got people out there who are just aging the Gouda, like that is their job. They don't make it. They're aging it and they're aging it in an entirely different way. The flavor profile because of that is so different. There's just so much to discover. Some will be super hard, but when you eat it, it like melts in your mouth, creamy, and some don't. Some are like like having that Werther's original. It, it There's so much to, to learn and just say now, I like aged Gouda. You have a mission to go out there and try more of them. So let's back up just for one second. We've established firmly that this cheese is like unanimously delicious across the board. But can you talk to me about what makes this cheese, this cheese, why it ends up this way? I assume we started with a ruminant animal, you know, that sort of thing. And if you don't mind, I'll I'll stop you if I have a question that I think maybe requires some explanation. Great. So, yeah, we we start with milk um, and Gouda can be made from and has is made from um, goat's milk, cow's milk, sheep's milk, and water buffalo. In fact, one of our our customers' favorites that we order in every once in a while to keep it special is called um, 
uh, formage, F-O-U-R-M-A-G-E, because it's made with all four milk types. Then you got to make it milk. It's you got to make it solid. So we add culture and rennet. And rennet is the thing that that turns it into a solid. And cheese in general all starts that way. Those are the steps, all, all cheese. Um, and then what you do next to it, whether you cook it, whether you press it, whether how much you cut it up um, at the beginning and cutting up is loosely used here. So like if you can imagine, if the listeners can imagine like a really poor panna cotta, like barely set or really loose flan where you're like, hmm, I didn't do something right here. That's what the um, curd looks like at the beginning and the water, which is the way starts separating. And then you start cutting it. And they use these things that look like kind of like a flat whisk. It's, it's just like, um, they call them harps. They have wires on them and they just cut through it. They cut a lot. It gives it more surface area and more water can expand. And the example I use for this is um, two wet sponges. So if you had two sponges and, and you cut one into a lot of little pieces, the one that's a little pieces is going to get dry faster. Also, if you press them, if you press both of those wet sponges, the one you press is going to get dry faster. And the closer you get to dry, the more you get to something like a Gouda and not a Brie. A Brie, they just take that loosely cut curd and barely, and you know, baby it and put it in a mold and leave it. Um, the Gouda will get pressed. The water gets pressed out. Take it out of the mold. It'll get, um, usually there's probably some people doing Gouda different ways even here in the U.S., um, but it gets a, a salt bath so that it has the flavor. It helps to protect the cheese and keep bugs from it. Um, but it also adds saltiness. And you would know if you've tasted a cheese without salt, it's not lovely. It tastes like it's missing something. And then it gets waxed and it ages. I'm just going to say in general, any cheese that ages, it gets like humans. We get wiser. We, we I don't say we're better tasting. We should <laughs> we should meet people. But We develop crystalline deposits <laughs> in our pockets? What we get hell? a little salty. Um, when we get older, we start to lose our filter, but you're just removing all of the, you know, the extraneous stuff and, and condensing it's, it's like when you're making a thick syrup, um, when you're cooking down something like a balsamic vinegar into a balsamic syrup, you get rid of all of the plain stuff and, and, um, the flavor just intensifies. So this is true with something like Comte or Gruyere or a raclette, a stinky cheese, a cheddar. A cheddar is going to get more what you know normal people just call sharp, but it's more intense flavor and more bite maybe in the back of uh, the back of your throat. Every kind of cheese is going to do something different, but gouda gets sweeter and nuttier, and it'll get more of those little those little holes that you were showing. They're tyrosine crystals. We like they're not salt, but they have a salty taste to them. So we sometimes call them salt bombs. That it is. People will just come in our store going, I want a cheese that has the crunchies in it. And so, you know, we can usually point them to any aged cheese, but they usually are our favorite people are looking for aged Gouda. And so, yeah, we've just intensified that. Now, any cheesemaker may test a cheese. They may actually sell that cheese at a younger age, but they may test it and say, this one is just going to be, it's not going to get any better than this. So we don't want to age it. And so they will test them. Um, they use a little, it's called a trier. It's a, it's like a long, what is it like? It's like a long apple core, longer. And they stick it in and turn it so that it makes a full circle, pull it out. They'll smell it. They'll test it. They'll take a little off. They'll shove it back in and taste the cheese. If it, if it only tastes good, it's not going to get any better. So they're looking for cheeses that'll taste great and will keep aging. Wow. Fantastic. You've, you've answered a lot of the things that I wondered about, like why... 
is this cheese so universally appreciated? Why is it so magical? And then kind of answered some of the bigger wonders that I have, like, you know, how does someone get into cheese and why does someone stay in cheese when they have so many other skills that you could be doing anything? But uh, ultimately, it's because you have your own wonders and you wonder what this next thing tastes like or wonder what it could pair with or you wonder what will the average consumer like if this, not that. And so I think that it's it's fantastic and exciting that you can make something that you're legitimately curious about, passionate about. Uh, but you can also make it how you make your living, but you can also make it like how you make your dinner and your dessert. And it's great when we can combine all of these things into one. And I think that's ultimately what makes us uh, better, happier people is when we're well-rounded, when we know that we can do many things, when we know that there's infinite possibilities ahead of us and ways that we can learn about ourselves through the world around you. That said, do you believe that that aged Gouda is a prime example that good things come to those who wait? Yes, any aged cheese. And I think if you don't believe me, the next time you go, anybody listening to this, go to a cheese store, ask for a young Gouda and ask for an aged Gouda. The young Gouda is beautiful. It'll remind you a little of comfort food, a little bit of like sometimes a Velveeta. It's got that melty mouth feeling, which is great. But then you'll taste the aged Gouda and you'll be like, wow, like those don't even compare. Are you sure they're the same cheese? You'll have all sorts of questions. Your mind will be blown. But there's definitely more to think about and enjoy with the with the aged cheese um, always. What an honor to speak to someone like Jen. The cheese world is huge, but aged Gouda is a shining star. If you haven't been sold on why aged Gouda is awesome, I mean, think about it. It took thousands of years to get where it is now. It's simple, but yet it's so complex. It's loved. It's it's almost universally appreciated. It's like half of the world's cheese consumption. It's incredibly versatile. You can pair it with something weird, something simple. It's just a great snacking cheese. It sounds fancy. There are flavors that that you wouldn't expect cheese to have. Butterscotch, carameliness, the crunchiness, the textural juxtaposition, the sharpness. There are freaking crystals in it. Anyway, it's a gentle reminder that good things come to those who wait. And when you eat aged Gouda, you feel smarter, you feel better, and it makes your life awesome. I think I've made the case for why your life is going to be better with aged Gouda in it. It's just one thing that I've added to my repertoire of things that make my life awesome. And uh, I hope that it makes your life awesome as well. And that you will join me on this quest to become the ultimate Bon Vivant. Special thanks to Ashley Dow, Dave Villafane, Todd Scutt, Leah Kirstein, and of course, our expert, Jen Mason. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review on Apple, and I will see you in the next episode of Warner's World of Wonders. Thank you.